Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Monster Cast. I am your host, the Straight Edge Monster, Jack Dahl Jr., joined by Ryan Dahl, of course. Today, we got a uh, good show for you. We got some more drama in the realm of WWE because they never cease to amaze us with their bullshit. Um, let me open up my notes here. First up, we've got though we got to talk about the ratings as it is night two of the different nights or week two rather of the different nights between uh, NXT and AEW. AEW dropped down, but guess what, guys? Still they over a million. Still over a million. This man better never reactivate his Twitter account. Oh my goodness! Still over a million. NXT still 800k somewhere around there, right? They were still over 800k. Yeah, it was low 800s. Yeah, um, so I and mean, that's pretty much where they're going to be at. It's going to be like 1.1 average for AEW. 800K is going to be the baseline for it. I do believe that once people get acclimated to, you know, watching wrestling on Tuesdays or maybe making time for a Tuesday on one of these special bullshit shows like a Halloween Havoc or whatever other name they want to bring back yeah. for their little show, then I do believe that there is a legit chance for them to hit over 1 million. However, it's going to take some time because they are the ones that change nights where AEW is already on the established wrestling night. So AEW already comes out with the advantage by winning that Wednesday night war and basically making NXT move to Tuesdays, which I still believe was a big mistake on Vince, USA, WWE in general, all whoever's, whoever's ultimate decision it was to move them. It, it's a big mistake on their part. Um, I... Um, so I'm still not I still don't watch it live. And the way that my work schedule is, I actually the only time that I am like required to do something is a block between like seven thirty and eleven PM on Wednesdays and Saturdays. So that happens like right during AEW and I will still multitask at work to watch AEW and on Tuesdays when I'm literally not doing shit, I still won't watch NXT. I don't know why. Um, I think it's just the their storylines and stuff lately aren't super interesting to me. Like I don't, there's nothing that I'm really invested in or care about. So moving to a new night is great for you know opening up some of the people that have constantly been watching both. But I've already kind of been slacking on watching NXT live anyway because I there's nothing going on that I care about. Like I'll I'll catch up on it in the mornings and stuff. I'll watch a few matches if they sounded good. But like I'm not I'm not over here like doing what I thought I was going to do when this all started, which is, oh, if they go to different nights, I'll just watch wrestling like every night of the week, and it's not happening. Yeah. And they, they don't have a lot going on right now. Well, so far in the two weeks, I've uh, watched uh, zero minutes of NXT Live. Uh, of course, I work at night, so I would have to actually wake up uh, earlier than I want to to yeah. catch stuff. Now, I, do ha I have done that many times in the past for AEW. I've never done that for NXT. Um, I, didn't do the, I don't do the channel flip. It's 2021. I don't do the channel flip between both. If I'm watching one, I'm watching that one, and then I'll just watch the other one uh, after. And it's always AEW that I'll be watching live if I'm catching it live. And it's always AEW that I watch first when I come home. Um, or even at work, if I rewatch it at work right after it ends. Uh, sometimes I've watched it at work, and I'll save NXT for later. And this is not changing anything for me either. Um I mean, it's good for the people that it does change for, maybe. I don't know. Like, it's not really saving you any time. You're still watching the exact same amount of time of wrestling, regardless of if it's on a different night or not. But if you want to help out their numbers, live numbers, then I guess it's a good thing. But I don't see... I don't see them... Well, the thing is, is, and AEW is guilty of this as well. Once they went to two different nights, 
no one really made a big fuss about it, made a big splash about it. No one ever, no one, all that fucking counter programming they were doing against each other. Okay, but why didn't they do that as as soon as they split up? Because from AEW's point of view, they look really shitty if they gloat and they're like, oh yeah, now the only wrestling show on Wednesdays, like that's that comes off like real fucking bad and like braggy. And if NXT does it, it brings attention to the fact that they had to move to a different night to be competitive. So yeah, neither of them are going to mention I don't really it. mean – I don't – I'm not talking about mentioning it. I'm just talking about your programming in general. You counter-program the fuck out of each other, right, which is well, a normal thing. Because you're the only one running. You're still trying to get shit uh, – now there's a way more viewers out there to get a hold of, though. Everybody was talking about the, between the two bases and the two organizations. Oh, there's not a rivalry, and the fans were saying that there is a rivalry and it is a war. Then there – Clearly, you're on two different nights, and then you're not making any kind of considerable effort to bring out some crazy-ass match or, you know, like, if I could have Lucha Brothers versus the Young Bucks in a ladder match. I don't know, man. Like, AEW programming's been pretty good lately. Like, it's been the... good, but it's not been like that. It's not been counter-programming like they were doing against NXT. I when mean... They were, when they were... Well, I mean, well, technically, NXT was the one counter-programming them, but I mean, they were still throwing an out... example, obviously, but, like, what, like, what else? Like, what else would they do? Just big stuff to make you fucking tune in and steal the fucking people that were going to watch. Okay, so like, okay, so for instance, if you add up the two the two fan bases when they were together, right? That's okay. about 1.5 million total on a weekly basis. Assuming that they weren't getting double counted, sure. So that's 300k for AEW that le- they're leaving out on the table, and fucking what 500, 600k. For yeah, dude, some of those people just aren't gonna go. Like you, you see the same shit online that I do. People don't don't get AEW. I, I've been trying to explain to this one dumb motherfucker on Twitter this morning who's sitting there bitching about the so in the Revolution match. You know when uh, the Young Bucks hit the the super kicks and then did the the golden trigger and Kenny kicked out at one and everybody yeah. went fucking crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude's dude's like, oh, it doesn't make sense. Okay, first of all. It makes sense in the context of a lot of old shit with Ibushi and Kenny and, and stuff that they're calling back to there. It calls back to a lot can of stuff I, that... Can I just stop you right there? The, okay, so what I don't understand about these people that say it doesn't make sense. First of all, it's fucking professional wrestling. Did it ever make sense when Hulk Hogan was getting his ass kicked for fucking 30 minutes and then right. hulked up out of nowhere so and was impervious to pain? That's exactly where I'm going. So it makes sense contextually in long-form storytelling if you know the, the stuff from New Japan. Yeah. But also, it just makes sense in the context of a fucking professional wrestling match that a dude who's wrestling his friends, and you know that they're his friends because they showed you a video package. So literally, if Revolution is the only thing you've ever seen of AEW, you know that they used to be friends. That's all yeah. you need to know. Yeah. They hit their fucking special on him, and he like has so much adrenaline about it that he just kicked out at one. That's the story. You don't need to know anything else other than that. The other shit is cool. It's cool to have continuity. I, I like the fan service type aspect of callbacks like that. But you didn't need to know that for it to make sense. Yeah. And people will, will bitch about that and be like, oh, this is what AEW's bad. Like, you're, you're looking for an excuse to bitch. But point being, there, there are those NXT fans that are just never going to cross over. They don't get it, like. But here's the thing, like they, they don't, don't do that. People... In, they don't do that same stuff in NXT. The two things that we've compared and what we liked about wrestling at the at the time, right, when AEW first started, was NXT and AEW. They were right. closer to the things that we liked. They were closer to the New Japan style that you like. It's right. like now that now everybody's acting like NXT is so different from AEW. They're not. 
the the biggest difference between NXT and AEW um, right now, aside from just like sheer talent pool, is that you can tell that AEW is moving way more toward that Japanese kind of uh, stable system. Like everybody's in a fucking stable right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't mind that though. Early or late nineties. Uh... Yeah, that's mine. Don't touch it. No. <laughs> I told you she wasn't. I told you she wasn't gonna know what was what was what. She's interrupting the podcast. Well, no. I don't think that's ever happened before. Get her out of here. Oh, those are my beignets. What? Yeah. yeah. Alright, that's yours. <laughs> you can't have all this. Get a plate. You just want one what? Beignet or garlic mushroom? It's a garlic fried buttered mushroom thing. You just want to try one. Anyway... So Let's talk about some French fucking pastries. What were you talking about? We were talking about sables. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so the late '90s with the with the uh, Los Bariquas and fucking uh, Nation of Domination and uh, right. uh, what was the other one? The uh, Disciples of Apocalypse, right? Is that what it was? Yeah, way. Yeah. Um, all those other or, fucking uh, groups, like, no. like. What the fuck? Everybody acting like this is some new shit? Like, oh, I don't like this. But you always talk about how much you love the Attitude Era. Attitude Era. Attitude Era was great, bro. Oh, you want one of these, yeah. too? Yeah, stupid. Or, like, no the, the whole thing, too, with the um, like the authority angles and stuff. Whoever they called. That wasn't the authority back then. What were they? Oh, corporate, the, uh, the corporation. Corporate ministry and corporation yeah. and all that shit. Oh, yeah, like it's... You didn't get a double pack. She tried to get a two. She tried to get two mushrooms put together. Get out of here. Don't come back. You good? Don't come over here fucking with me. I'm trying to do a podcast. All right. And I'm too lazy to cut all this out, so. Unprofessional. Unprofessional indeed. Mm. Her, not me. <laughs> She's fired. I'm welcome. <laughs> Who paid for it? I'm welcome. You're mm. welcome. Damien Sandow. Bring it back to wrestling somehow. All right, yeah. so, um, but yeah, Got I agree. stuff on the back over there, Barry Horowitz. All right. But I agree, though. Um, you could have got me a drink. I think that um, <laughs> NXT right now is mostly it's it's. I mean, it's definitely different, but it's also suffering right now. Just that they don't really have any interesting storylines going on. They don't have a lot of star power going on. Like you know what you know what whose absence I I notice the most right now on NXT is fucking Keith Lee. Like. If he was there, there would at least be some interesting matchups right now, but they called him up, did nothing with him, and then don't use him at all anymore. So. It's, it's bad when I was like, on the whole carrying cross bit with Damian Priest at first. Mm. And I'm like, nah, I don't, I'm just not really into Damian Priest's character. His in-ring work is okay if he's in there with certain people, but other than that, it's kind of boring. Yeah, He gave me the carrying cross vibe, right? Then I was finally starting to like him when they pull his ass up. And now they're doing really nothing with him. After, well, that, after that nice showing in the Royal Rumble, right? And you gave him the rub with Bad Bunny or whatever the hell that's supposed to do for him. Right. And then it's like, now I kind of wish he was back in NXT where before I was like, yeah, I I could pass on his matches in NXT. But now I wish he was there. Same same concept. I mean, same with yeah. Aleister Black. Like, <laughs> Well, I love Aleister Black, though. I know, but they got him in the fucking uh, David Koresh glasses now, doing the goddamn Waco <laughs> shit. Like, what? Where? Where did? Uh, have they not done the cult leader kind of weird shit enough recently? They they just did it with Rollins. 
They had already done it with the Wyatt family. Like, is it gets old at a certain point, man. You can't keep doing the same shit. It's even similar. You could even say that they kind of did it with um, Ali as well with the Retribution. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, it's uh, I don't I don't know. And before anybody's like, oh, you were just talking about stables. It's not a fucking stable. It's a bad gimmick. Speaking of Ali, goddamn, I wish I would do something with him, man. Yeah. I saw somebody it put on Twitter, what's your honest opinions of this man? And it was Ali, and I was I wanted to put the like, the longest post of all time gassing this motherfucker up. And I was like, you know what? I'm not going to do it. He's so good. Yeah, He's so he is. Good. And it's, his character work is good. Like, his look is Hey, you know how we great. always talk – you know how we always talk about, like, the next Shawn Michaels and everybody – we always have that those kind of conversations, and everybody was like, well, AJ Styles was always, like, the answer. Right. Ali might be the next AJ Styles, and they're not doing anything with him. Well, I mean, to be fair, look at what AJ Styles did for the first part of his career, right? Like, he was – he was, de- I mean, he was good and you – know, like, he was big in TNA. They were doing stuff with him there, but then, you know, he, it took him a while to kind of get noticed. So maybe it's the same thing. Maybe Ali just needs to go somewhere else and, you know, we somewhere that will let him fucking wrestle but and somewhere that will let him a- win. We live in a wrestling world now in 2020, 2021, where you can't watch a guy develop for eight years like a Booker T in WCW before he finally gets a world title shot, right? Because the way that WWE operates, it's kind of like Fox with their fucking programming. We're not going to give you time, dude. Either you you show us something with the shit that we give you, and even sometimes that it's not enough, Billy Kay, and then and then we or the, or we let you go. Like it's so fucking dumb. They don't give enough time to these people and that's with an nxt that's with two shows nxt and then they technically have main event but nobody really watches that for character development but they could be doing shit like that on there and make it more interesting and make people want to watch it there's nothing that says that main event has to be like a fucking jobber show yeah you could have big names on there and have guys that you're trying to build up go on there and have, like, really good showings against them Correct. instead of having guys that you consider low-card versus low-card. It doesn't do shit for anybody. Let, let me ask you a question. Not that those aren't good matches. It just doesn't do anything for And anybody. you already know the answer to this, so this is not really a rhetorical question, right? Or it is mm-hmm. a rhetorical question. How do I say that? Well, I don't mm-hmm. want your answer. It's a rhetorical question. Okay, so it's rhetorical. That's more of a general question for the audience of the people that are bitching about AEW versus WWE all the time. Okay, uh, we just had Dark Elevation, I think, a couple weeks ago, and John Moxley had a match on it. Right. John Moxley had a match on it. When's the last time you've seen Seth Rollins or Drew McIntyre on a main event, if ever? So here's here's what I, I will say this about that to, to be as like fair-handed as possible. They were obviously trying to draw more attention to that one because it was their first one, but... They've still had big names on their subsequent ones, too. Yes, I agree, because on the very first um, AEW Dark, they had Kenny Omega on it. Right. So I get that. It doesn't mean it's not going to happen every now and then. Seth Rollins, I, mean, I don't just... think, has ever been on it in main event. Ever. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, maybe maybe Tyler Black was. Um, I, I, I don't... It just seems like such wasted real estate. You know, like... You've got a whole other show. Isn't it on Saturdays, too? That's a good question. I don't know what day it comes on on the WWE Network. Um, That's the other problem, too. It's still a tape thing, though, obviously. Yeah, they do it after... uh, Same with 205 Live. Right. Mm. Yeah, I don't know, man. It's just... 
It's just not giving the the whole NXT versus AEW thing. I agree with you. Like NXT when they first started doing this little head to head shit on Wednesdays, there were times where I was like, "Ooh, do I want to watch NXT tonight instead?" And then I would just it would be like an actual internal struggle. Which one do I want to watch? And uh, now it's not even close. Now I'm not even thinking about NXT. It's right. it's really weird. But uh, yeah, I agree with you. All right, let's talk about some of these shows from this week. Um, they said that SmackDown was one of the best SmackDowns in a long time. What do you think? Uh, the based on what? Oh, those SmackDowns. <laughs> no, 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 no. Based on what? Are they talking about like specifically the the Roman Reigns thing or what? Yeah, I, I assume that everybody was talking about the ending. That's the only thing I could think of. Um, I thought the the Apollo shit was I, I don't know. I I did watch I watched the Apollo Ke, uh, Cruz Kevin Owens match and the Sammy shit and like goddamn man that's another person like Sammy Zayn and even Kevin Owens like I've gotten I've gotten so goddamn bored of Kevin Owens and I feel bad because I Kevin Owens I, we both objectively know is really good and like very entertaining and very good at what he does when he's a heel. Which he plays very well, and they have him out there like losing matches to Sami Zayn interference in a in a feud that they've made so goddamn boring that used to be one of the hottest things on the indies. And you've got Sami Zayn in this dumbass gimmick, like no, I it's just so bad, dude. And you got Apollo out there winning from Aziz interference again, like. I don't know. That was stupid. I like I like that they had you know Biggie beat him up backstage and all that stuff. But like at the the Aleister Black promo was I I don't really like where they're going with that. Um, that you had Otis and and Gable against um uh the uh Mysterios and you know they won. So it wasn't like it was a bad match or anything. But what the fuck are they doing with Mysterio and, like, I don't know, man. It, it seems like a lot of it's super directionless. I think that's what my real problem with it is. And then they had, like, a Tamina and Nia Jax match, too, so I don't I don't really know how good you can say this whole show was. Um, the tag match at the beginning was good. I did like that. So, other than that, though, man, I... I don't know. It didn't seem like a. It didn't seem like any kind of special show to me. the The only thing that was really cool was the, the Brian Cesaro and the um with uh Rollins and Uso. And even then, it's like why why have them win? I don't know. I don't know where it sets up to. I can say the same thing about NXT that it's, it seems directionless. Yeah, I mean that's that's kind of why it's hard to watch and. Uh, I I do like the I do like the the I guess what people were talking about as being cool was the the if Brian loses to Reigns angle where he's got to he has to leave SmackDown if he loses or whatever so it actually gives it some real stakes and um it raises the possibility that he might actually win but then also you know you think about it and it's just like okay well he's already been talking about taking some time off and working less dates and whatever he might just end up going to Raw and doing some shit like who knows yeah he's been talking about how he tried to get out of the WrestleMania 37 match, and he, tried, yeah. he talked about how that might have been his last one, last WrestleMania match. There's been rumors about when his contract comes up, and he might want to wrestle somewhere else. 
whether that be Ring of Honor, AEW, New Japan, who knows. It's Daniel Bryan, so he can do basically whatever the fuck he wants. Yeah, I, I'm just, I, I don't, I'm not sure where you were reading that it was like a really good SmackDown or anything, but it really wasn't, man. It was, it was fucking nothing. You had it the Tamina and Nia Jax. Yeah, it must have and... just been the ending. I think, well, you know how people live in the moment, bro. They see but something cool. That, but the rain shit was at the start, dude. Go watch, uh, go watch the fucking Raw with the pipe bomb at the end. Was that really a good Raw? No, that was just a really good fucking moment. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So who knows what they were actually talking about? I didn't watch SmackDown, so I can't tell you. I saw, I mean, I know what happened. I just don't know what they were talking about. Um, so, I mean, the the nice thing is that they gave the tag match so much time. It was that, still, was, it was, that, that was the best part. It was still better than Raw. It was better than Raw <laughs> because you had a, a fucking one-hour match with Cesaro, Daniel Bryan, and Rollins. Yeah. And Jey Uso is also very good. Um, and, you know, you, you know, do you remember that time? Uh, God, was it Jimmy or Jay? But somebody on commentary was like, they were they were talking about a match that was going on, and they were trying to say that one of the Usos was like as good as somebody who was in the ring, but like it came off real weird because at the time they were definitely not booked like that at all. And I don't even and it was just it was so clear that the Uso, whichever one it was, was going to lose, and it was just it, it became like a fucking meme. I don't remember exactly what it was, but it was just like if if anybody can blah blah blah, it's jay uso or jimmy uso or whatever and it was just so fucking awkward because it's like you're comparing him to i don't remember who it was at the time it might have been like seth rollins or it was somebody like at that level but it is funny seeing him in there now and realizing you know both of them could probably go the same level and they really do belong up there as singles competitors too it sucks being a twin in wrestling you know because you're always going to get stuck like with that tag team shit constantly yeah can you think of any twins in wrestling that that were both singles and did their own shit uh the bellas but that's because they didn't—they didn't have tag titles at the time. But right. if they would have had tag titles, then yes, they probably never would have won the Divas Championship and the Women's Championship. So yeah, probably. But yeah, that's the only thing that I can think of right off the top of my head. I mean, even even brothers that aren't twins—you got like yeah. fucking Billy and Bart were stuck together forever. <laughs> um, People that weren't really brothers. <laughs> yeah, I know. But, but you know what I mean. Edge though, and Christian, right? like. Yeah. <laughs> Edge and Christian, yeah, Gangrel's well, sons I mean, or whatever even, the fuck but, that was. But to more your point, Hardy Brothers would be a big example because they could have broke out way long time ago before they actually did yeah um but yeah and they um, had two different styles they look completely different right like yeah so if those guys got lumped together every time they came back to wwe and the only time that they were ever like actually in singles was when you made matt hardy fucking turn on jeff right because jeff because, has yeah. jeff has never been a heel in wwe ever well i think he sells too much merch to make him ever a heel dude I mean, he was a heel in TNA, well, so TNA I have seen him. There you go. TNA doesn't always make the best financial decision. I mean, Matt Hardy was making um, a lot of merch sales in TNA when he did his whole brand new gimmick, well, and he was a heel. Really a heel. He was a heel. heel. Yes, he was. Really. Yes, he was. He was the man very... made his fucking own brother, his butler, his personal assistant. Yes, he was a heel. Yeah, but he deserved it. <laughs> what? Okay. <laughs> Okay. Look, there's there's a point where you're such an entertaining like fucking the biggest heel moment in Jeff Hardy's career matter. was when he fucking was on drugs against Sting. Other than Sting, that, yeah. that's other than that, like he's never drawn any real heat. I don't believe. I agree. I agree. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's go to um. I don't know. I mean, there's nothing really to talk about on Raw, bro. Like. I don't even want to talk about Raw, honestly. Well, you could, we could talk about how Daniel Bryan's probably about to be there soon. Maybe. 
if that's what happens. Oh, he, even if he takes a break, I think when he sh shows back up, he'll be, be on Raw, yes. Raw needs him. Although, I do love seeing him fight Cesaro shit. But maybe this is a a way to get Cesaro catapulted to that next step, too, by having Brian off the show. Mm. But, I mean, how are you running? I mean, because, like, what are you going to do with Brian if Cesaro gets put into that new main event slot? Brian's not going to go after fucking Apollo Crews for the IC title at this point in his career. It's pretty much world title or nothing for Daniel Bryan or putting someone else over, basically. Yeah. But the other thing is they've already had him losing so much. Does it really mean a lot for him to put somebody over at this point? Yeah, that's why. Being, that's why. That's why. Bryan that's another reason why going. Thing. That's another reason why going to Raw would be a good thing for Daniel Bryan. You give him a little mm -hmm. break. You put him on Raw. He gets the initial, you know, legend comeback buzz. Oh shit, Daniel Bryan's on Raw. And then if he put somebody over, then it would be a bigger deal than if he was to put over an Apollo Cruz right now. All right, let's let's talk about actual good matches. Okay. Um, did you see uh, Hangman versus Starks? Yeah, the two records yeah. on the line. Yeah, 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 yeah. They made that thing feel Fucking, like a big deal. I like that. It the 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 only thing about that that I I thought afterward was goddamn. I wish he didn't hurt his ankle because that match would have been like even yeah. better. You know what it reminded me of as as far as like relative to other sports, and I don't really want to use NBA as an example just because you know they're on TNT or whatever. You know what I'm saying? But but I'm going to. It's kind of like when you have two really good fucking teams, one from the East and one from the West, and they're meeting up in the regular season, and there's a good chance that they might meet in the NBA championship, and they always hype it up really big, and they hype it up as, oh, this could be an NBA championship preview. That's what they made that match feel like with the records and how yeah. they weren't even fucking – they're not even really in a rivalry together, right? Just like, right. Just like an East and a West team would not be in a rivalry together because they never see each other. So I like the fact that they just threw them together because of the records, because, you know, wins and losses matter. Or space entertainment. Exactly, son. and they made it a big deal even though they really had nothing going on against each other as far as uh, the quote-unquote storytelling of wrestling goes. I think it was a story without having a back a background story. It was awesome. I, I thought it was set up very well, and then, of course, the match was really fucking good too. Uh, there's a lot of people that think – Brian Cage is going to be the one to break away from Team Taz as far as, like, as a singles guy. But, Pretty sure that's just based on facial expressions and yeah, shit. Yeah, well, you know? and be based off of what they're saying and how he's acting and how he went up the sting and everything. But if you were smart, I would rather you turn all of Team Taz's face and have Ricky Starks come out as the heel. I would rather see that. <sighs> because that's how good Ricky <sighs> Starks is. You mean, but stay with the team no, or no, no, no. break, break off, off the, deal. the team? Turn on yeah. Team Taz, but be Look. but be the bad guy. Maybe I don't want to say it because you know I don't want to, all the WWE guys to get. Uh, Bro, how believable is it that Starks would fucking try to take a fight with Cage and Hobbs? That's well, that's where I'm going. This is why I said I don't want to upset the WWE guys, but maybe make him have his own stable. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what yeah. I was going to say, and that's why I said, oh. Him, him and fucking Angelico can both come out and dance to their songs. Um, <laughs> I don't know, man. He's he's really good. Yeah, he has, um, to, he has to get out of there, though. Because he doesn't need Taz on the, on the stick, though. He doesn't, and also it's clear that he's the one that's taking the pins in every stable match that they have. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it's rough. Um, I mean, I don't I, think I've, it's holding I'd him down okay, or anything. I'd be okay but, like, with him being a face for a little bit, but it's going to be like more of those – more along the lines of the young Rock, when Rock was in Nation type deal. Yeah. 
you're not going to be able to keep him face long. Yes, he's going to be entertaining later on as a face where you're never going to want to turn him because he's going to have all that history behind him, and people are just not going to want to boo him. But right now, is, dude, you got to yeah. have him heal. You have to. His tone and his attitude and the way he fucking talks and the way he's, like, deliberately, like, he's so cocky and shit. Like, you, yeah, turning him a face, I don't think, works for a while until you build him up in more matches like this where people are, like, genuinely, yeah. like, fuck. Like, I, I really like seeing that guy. He's... he's, he's fucking asshole yeah, but you know what it, i like watching wrestling you know what it kind of reminded me of is like young eddie guerrero in wcw where mm. where like it was like okay this is eddie guerrero he's probably losing to fucking rick flair but then he goes out there and has a 20 minute match and i was like damn that match is fucking good eddie guerrero is insane and then yeah. eventually it starts building up building up building up to where eddie guerrero was one of the most talked about fucking guys on these on wcw for like their first you know hour to hour and a half when he had the whole LWO, he had the crazy shit with Rey Mysterio, he was turning face, or turning heel rather, and it, I mean, you could see that climb up before he even made the jump with the Radicals into WWE, I think Ricky Starks could be on that same type of path as well, where it's like, uh, he's kind of in the background, and in, in, in multi-man matches, he takes the pins, bam, but when you give him a shot against somebody, one of your high-level guys, like Hangman Page, like Eddie Guerrero with a Ric Flair, and you see what he can do, and he can hold his own, and he can fucking surprise a lot of people, then I think that just helps build up his character even more. And those those pins that he's taken in those multi-man matches are New Japan level. They don't really matter after yeah. a certain point when you see him one-on-one -on -one with people. Yeah. I guess. I, 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 th I think that he and Darby Allen, Jungle Boy, like, all... Hangman, like they they've got such a good core group of people to Hobbs too, like a, a good core group of young people yeah, to build their shit your, around for the next your, like five ten that's years. That's your TNT division right there, yeah. and and I understand that they want title reigns to be a little bit longer and stuff, and that's fine for the world title. But I'd be okay with the TNT title changing a little bit more often, especially if we're going to be defending it every fucking week, um, and getting those guys some chances. Now, of course, some of them aren't really ready, ready. I don't even know if Darby was right. really ready, ready, but uh, he's been doing a pretty good job. Uh, but there's only so many Darby matches where I can watch him roll around and somebody not just take his fucking head off once. Like, yeah, I'm trying to the... wait for that like Brody Cody moment where somebody just comes in and fucks him up, and I'm I want it to be somebody like a Hobbs or a Cage or something. I want it to be Archer. Oh yeah, Archer would be good too. But the problem with Archer is like, okay, Archer gets it. Who in who it, who takes, who takes it? it? Yeah, yeah exactly. In right. in that realm of people that we just said for their quote unquote TNT division, who's taking it? Jungle Boy? Hmm. I mean, you could. It'd be it'd be fucking weird, but you could do that. Um. Yeah, I I I think that Archer is the logical next choice for TNT champion, if not Scorpio Sky, because I, I know they're trying to build out a thing with him and Ethan Page and all that. Yeah, yeah. Um. Which is fine, but by maybe way, getting it. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a good thing. What I don't like about it though is they never really explained how he ended up splitting off from SCU at all. Yeah, uh, and, like, and SCU hasn't something. said anything. Like the Young Bucks used to talk about Kenny's different actions and stuff. They would get the Young Bucks thoughts. Nobody cares about right. Frankie Kazarian and Christopher Daniels' thoughts on what the fuck Scorpio's guy's doing right now. Yeah, they gotta do something with that because I was expecting at least something on BTE. And there's nothing. I mean, are, you know what I think it could be. By the way, you know how we always talk about the Young Bucks versus SCU would be their last match because they were best friends outside the ring? What about Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page ending the SCU run and making them split? Uh, maybe. Uh, do you? So, uh, obviously, Daniels is, you know... Older, yes. Older, and he's he's got a backstage role doing, you know, right. uh, coaching and, and uh, producing, I'm assuming. So, 
he's I, I'd say he's got another you know year or two probably. What do you, what do you think they do with Kazarian after that? Though? I think Kazarian is more of a more of how WWE saw Christian. Yeah, that's what I think. He he could be that he could be a title guy, but th- it's always going to be kind of like a you're a title guy until we find a better title guy. Yeah, title like guy. okay, if we have a trios title, I could see him winning that. Uh, maybe forming another tag team, I could see him. Win- I could see him winning that. Even a TNT title, if you had a lot of injuries and needed somebody and needed like a heel or something, you had a lot of injuries to a heel and you already had a healed AW champion, so you couldn't have a double champion, you know, something like that. I could see them putting it on Kazarian for a little bit until somebody got healthy or a face came in, you know, something like that. I could see stuff like that, kind of like WWE treated Christian. Yeah. Uh, Let's think about it. Christian didn't get his first world title until after Edge retired. Edge retired the next night or whatever, and then it became an Orton-Christian feud when it was supposed to be Edge and Orton. And then Edge and Orton started trading back the title back and forth. Christian would have never yeah. been in that role if Edge didn't retire. It would have been Edge in that role. So who knows if Christian would have ever been world champion if it wasn't for Edge retiring in the first place. And I do believe that's how – I don't know if that's how AEW sees Kazarian so much as if that's just how he's going to get stuck because of – their roster uh, being structured currently, and that's uh, not. I don't. I don't bring this up because I. I think Kazarian is like mid or anything. Like he's he's a good wrestler. Like, I remember his match with. I still remember the match that he had on Dynamite with fucking uh, Hangman. Yeah, yeah. It was like a really good match. His match with Christian. Was uh, the good. match he just had yeah. Christian. Yeah. Uh, exactly. So here's so. here's how here's how um, I view Kazarian right now in his career. He's kind of like a Bobby Eaton. Where everybody say, everybody always says Bobby Eaton was one of the smoothest wrestlers of all time, and he was, you know, he's always stuck. He was, he was never basically more than the uh, the tag tag team holder with the Midnight Express or whatever, right? You think it's a character thing? Maybe, but I mean, I think that could have been a Bobby Eaton thing too. Okay, so the thing with that is those types of guys. Um, and I think Kazarian actually has more charisma than a Bobby Eaton or a Dean Malenko or a oh, yeah. So, but the, but the yes. thing is, the, but what is the, the your peers are different now too. Yeah, but what is the what is the hook for your character though? Yes, I agree that that could be what's missing from him. Honestly, mm-hmm. like if, if he wants to just keep being Frankie Kazarian, that's cool. But if he wants to actually go for titles on a regular basis and be in main events and stuff, he's gonna have to do I think something different with his character. All together, the cats. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know what he. Does. I don't know what he does either, but <laughs> I I feel like that could be one thing holding him back. Because if you think about it, Bobby Eaton was never a character guy. Dean Malenko right. was never a character guy. Um, Lance Storm was never a character guy. But they're all considered to be really fucking good wrestlers, really good, really smooth in the ring. Don't don't you disparage the Lance Storm dancing gimmick? I mean, it's no worse. It's um, no worse than the fucking Sami Zayn dancing gimmick. But whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I think it's I think it's a character thing. I I I really love watching him wrestle. Like, he's really good. Um, By the way, the most I, I the most charisma Lance Storm had was when he pretended to not have any charisma, or when he acknowledged that he didn't have any charisma. <laughs> like no joke, that was a good that was a good character. No, but like you're okay, bringing attention to a... it. I thought it was good. If I could be serious, anybody if I mind. could just be serious think... for a moment, dude, that was fucking hilarious. Yeah, I don't think anybody would mind being compared to Lance Storm. Oh, for but sure. To not. be fair here, no, like, I would be. Mu- Kazarian, Kazarian's a lot more, like 
He's definitely got more character. Yeah, I mean, you can see it on BTE and stuff. With yeah, the, yeah, for sure. No, I totally agree with that, does. but I do believe that it's character-related why he's not getting yeah. the push or a singles push or a push at all um, at the moment, and he's just putting other guys over, which is fine because he's kind of up there in age as well. So, yeah, but he, he I think he moves around the ring better than Christopher Daniels right now. So, Well, yeah, for sure, but Christopher Daniels is what, like fucking He's almost 50, 50? yeah. If he's not 50 already, he's almost 50. It still moves really fucking good yeah, for yeah, a fifty-year-old, yeah, 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 but sure. you know when you're in a when you're in a, a league of dudes that move like Kenny Omega and you know it's it's different. Yeah, um, or fucking Ricky Starks before he hurts his ankle. Yeah, I mean if if I'm, um, if I'm watching a if I'm watching a Christopher Daniels versus Phoenix match, I'm gonna see the difference. But if I'm watching a Christopher Daniels right. versus you know whatever Darby Allen, it's not gonna be that big of a difference. Right, because he's just. Taking bumps. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, Darby <laughs> Allen's just rolling around and shit. He, Darby <laughs> Allen, while he has athletic ability, and I'm not going to say that he doesn't, it's not nowhere close to a fucking Christopher Daniels. So, right. so I mean, it is different. So, like, it's kind of like how we said um, Charlotte's really good, but when you see her versus Asuka, you realize how good Asuka is. Right. Asuka's just on another fucking level. She's in a different gear. That's that's how I would view um, Christopher Daniels versus other people. Like he's still really good, but then you can tell when he's in, in there with somebody that's, you know, in their fucking prime or not even reached their prime yet. Fucking just. Yeah. But, you know, to, it's it's one of those things that happens everywhere yeah, yeah, as they get sure. older. So I mean, it's, it's, not, it's, it's, it's definitely Jericho, not a mark against yeah. Christopher yeah, yeah, Daniels yeah, no, or anything. No, I'm not holding it against If them. anything, it's it's a fucking, like, great thing that he's been able to keep up right. for this long. Yeah, know? agreed. It's, it should yeah. be viewed as a as a good thing, not a bad thing. Um, Okay, so let's go to uh, – do you even want to talk about NXT? Uh, I thought we were we were still on AEW. Did you want like, to talk about um, anything else on AEW then? What do you think about the the Trent and Penta stuff? Uh, I thought that, I mean they're the old Trent Penta match was better. Yeah, I think so too. But I also th- it, it felt like they were kind of saving stuff for the uh, for the inevitable tag yeah, team match. For, I think so as well. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. How do you feel about um uh uh uh, uh goddamn I always forget his name uh, Abrahantes. Oh, with uh, with Penta, you mean? Yeah, yeah. I yeah, think yeah. he's. I think he does a good job. Yeah, I liked it. They might as well go ahead um, and make him a fucking like a legit. Just put him with him. Just fuck it. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah, they're the red. I think that's the plan. Yeah. I do. I do think that's the what whole, they're doing. They're the putting whole, him as a manager because they don't speak English. Yeah, the whole red carpet stuff. I mean, it was. I mean, not that he was bad on that, but they already got so many announcers and shit now. You don't really need him back there. If you can get somebody on an on-air talent role, like um. Ricardo was with fucking Alberto, and right. and he really comes off that good, and he's really that good, and he's been that good on the mic. Uh, I say fucking go with it, do it. Yeah, I like that. Um, I I do want some explanation on BT as to how he's not with Dark Order anymore. Though. Yeah, I know, right? He was a big, he was a Dark Order, <laughs> he was a Dark Order simp big time, and now he's now right. he's with uh, Pinsa and Phoenix. I don't know where. Yeah, yeah. Maybe maybe he's a mole trying to recruit them. Don't forget, uh, mm. don't forget his Spanglish bits. Yeah. Um. The uh, MJF interview. Oh, the MJF. Oh, yeah, for sure. The MJ. I can't wait yeah. for this fucking parlay thing, dude. The parlay is gonna be fucking great. I'm kind of worried that they already used all their content from the last two weeks because Jericho's promo from the week before was fucking insane as well. I loved it. Besides him messing up the uh, brain body comment, he did it backwards. He did the. He said the ten cent, the ten cent body, a million dollar brain, and he meant to do it backwards. But when he was talking about Wardlow, um, but other than that, like 
you could tell that he was into that fucking promo, dude. Oh. Yeah, it was fucking insane. That, that's that's another name I forgot when I was listening off the, the future guy? of this fucking yeah, company. Yeah. Wardlow. Wardlow. Yeah, Wardlow's no fucking joke. Wardlow, Wardlow is yeah. no fucking joke. Guevara and, and – yeah, there's so many. Well, here's the there's thing. so many they can build this company. Well, the funny thing is, is they have so many components that they could interchange, even not even just the singles, but even tag teams. Like could you imagine a fucking Wardlow, Brian Cage tag team? And that's – I think that's what NXT is lacking. I mean, you don't have that element of anything uh, can happen. You're just stuck where you're doing what you're doing. Yeah, right. You've got these four storylines and then a shit match to make you familiar with these people that we want you to yeah. know. That's it. That's the whole show. On this show, you have people actually interacting with each other backstage sometimes that you didn't expect to even run into each other. Like, there's a lot of um, it feels like more like an organic environment where they're they're not in their own let lane. Me, let me ask you, like. Okay, so let me put this in perspective from AEW versus WWE standpoint. Is there mm. ever a fucking chance where you have Team Taz feuding with Darby Allen for a couple months, right? And it gets to the point where one of your members is now fighting against Adam Page, who's been fucking around with Dark Order, who had their own storyline going on with somebody else. Do you think you would ever see that parallel in, in a in 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 and? God damn it. In NXT. No, there's no way. There's no way that you're watching fucking uh, Johnny Gargano from The Way feud with mm. Kushida for fucking months and then all of a sudden just fight Finn Balor one week. It's just not going to happen. And that's the thing with AEW is people are involved in so many different areas of of the show that it's fucking ridiculous. You never know what the fuck you're going to see. You never know who's, who's going to come out, right? In AEW, you know exactly what the fuck you're going to see, dude. You know this is the feud. They're not going against each other. If, if, if Paige and Dark Order were in NXT right now, it would be literally a Paige and fucking Dark Order member tag teaming against whoever the fuck they're feuding at every fucking week. Just a different member every fucking week. In AEW, he's yeah. fighting Ricky fucking Sarks that has nothing to do with the rest of the Dark Order. When they announced the match between Ricky Sarks and Adam Page, you got some people like, oh man, that's fucking cool. Oh, look at these records. That's badass. This is actually going to mean something. You got some people like, wait a minute, they're not feuding. That's that's weird. You got some people like AEW fanboys. Oh, that doesn't make any sense. This is why AEW uh, sucks. But then you go literally the next night. On fuck or two nights later on SmackDown and ask why we're watching the same exact fucking matches over and over and over and over. But then you bitch about watching different stuff on AEW. What? That makes no sense. How do you want it? Do you want the same fucking matches every week? Do you want to watch WrestleMania and then literally have the exact same card for WrestleMania Backlash? Or do you want to actually watch different matches from week to week in AEW? How do you not see the yeah. difference? I mean, that if you think about it too, that's kind of what NXT used to be, because you had when you had Shinsuke and stuff like, you know, they were they were having those more uh, integrated interactions. With you could say that they, they you could say that they had that all the way up to about probably the second or third War Games match with Undisputed Era too. You would have the faces just be a conglomerate of fucking different faces that Undisputed Era just decided, hey, we're gonna fuck with all your feuds too. Yeah. And then it was intertwined mm. to the point where you know. Ricochet and whoever, Ricochet and, uh, who was it, Aleister Black had to team up with fucking, like, the Viking Raiders or whatever, you know what I'm saying? And Pete Dunne to go against Undisputed Era, whatever the fuck it was. Um, so, I mean, like, it used to be like that, I agree. But I'm telling you, man, 
Oh yeah. And I don't want to keep. I don't want to keep putting. It, I don't want to keep putting it on the same dude. But as soon as Vince started putting more of his hands into this fucking NXT product, dude, you can you can totally tell when it started happening. It, he's got a very. Uh... His mind definitely works in a very straight yeah, line. A singular way. Once yes, the storyline is started, correct. And yeah. it's and it's weird. And what makes it weirder is he's against the stuff that worked before when he was doing it. I've seen it many times. It's weird to me. Yeah. I don't understand it. Well, you know, he made a lot of money at Madison Square Garden okay, in the yeah. 80s. Okay, so we always me and, you, me and you talk a lot of shit about the Attitude Era because we we lived through the Attitude Era, right? We watched yeah, it. It, wasn't that, it wasn't that good on a wrestling standpoint, but the storylines were that good. And even though most of them will make you cringe now and they're all going to get cut out of the fucking Peacock Library, which also I'm not happy about, by the way, for, <laughs> for a singular reason I think Edge presented it the best. If you watch his interview of why, he doesn't think none of that, any of that stuff should be cut out. I think he gives the best answer, but we'll get to that in a minute. But uh, the Attitude Era had what we're talking about with AEW right now. Austin yeah. could come out there and fucking stun anyone he wanted, no matter what fucking storyline that person was in. Randomly have fucking Ken Shamrock coming out there to start shit with The Rock. Like, that was weird for the we time, We had too. no interaction between the Hardy Boys and Austin or the Hardy Boys and Triple H, and then all of a sudden, we got a feud with the Hardy Boys versus Austin and Triple H, the power trip, and they beat the shit out of Lita. And it's, yep. a, it's a whole buff fucking big thing, and that's all anyone's talking about for, like, the next several weeks. Like... Jeff Hardy randomly fighting Undertaker, Undertaker in a ladder like, there, match. There's yes, a there's a yeah, ton of yeah. shit that you could point to in the Attitude Era where everything just – it's whatever the fuck happened. Literally the next And night, he didn't have to win, and it built him as the star. And some of it didn't make – crazy honestly, how that works. some of it didn't even make sense, and you didn't even care because it was something new, and you weren't watching the same shit over and over. Let's say Kurt Angle and Chris Jericho fought at the pay-per-view, right? The next night on Raw, right. Chris Benoit or Kurt Angle would attack one or the other in the backstage area and set up a new feud for absolutely no reason other than they just want to fucking fight each other. Oh, you attacked yeah. me in the back. Okay, now we're set up. continuity stuff is good. And, like, storyline stuff is good. Don't get me wrong. So some of that stuff that didn't make sense was, you know, it's kind of like, well, that doesn't make any fucking sense. But the matches themselves were way more interesting as yes. a result. Okay, so here's the so. thing. If you, watch a, if you watch an Attitude Era Raw, the matches are going to suck. You watch an Attitude Era pay-per-view, that's a little different. Especially, like, the last three matches. Dude, those matches are fucking mm. good. So, I yeah. mean, it's... it's um, you gotta, I mean, people do uh, overstate how good Attitude Era was. Okay? Here, you know, you know what I think, you're comparing it to now, it's if, not even close. I think if the writers started up a fucking new game on Here Comes the Pain, okay? Yeah. Put every character that's in the current roster into that fucking yeah. game and just ran storylines, and then that's what they did on television, it would be better than what they're Correct. doing right now. No joke. Agree. On, on NXT. Yeah. On anything that they're doing, honestly. But, yeah. Eh. Yeah. I don't think it would work as well for WWE, some of the stuff. But NXT, like, a lot of that shit would be really new and interesting, even though it's, what, like, 18 years old now. Yeah. Well, the only – I mean, like, the only – egregious thing on here comes the pain i think it was the last match with braun panties matches maybe last game with it maybe yeah but other than that like yes it would be i mean but yeah we're not opposed yeah. to I watching mean... braun panty matches but we already know what what their purpose is and why it's looked down upon now but yes that's fan service yeah but, like, for sure I, fan service yeah, I was never fan service. 
for I mean <clears throat> the key demographic that they were trying to go for that now all WWE fans act like doesn't exist anymore. What I was always way more interested in the uh, the PlayStation Magazine swimsuit edition than I ever was bra and panties no, I mean, matches. No, yeah, I, I, I never, I, like I never turned on Raw and was like, hey man, they got an <laughs> awesome bra and panties match on tonight. I never, literally, yeah. never did that. I turned on Raw yeah, for think, Rock, yeah. Austin, Undertaker, you know, yeah, right. exactly. Like, so I want to see them big meaty men. I don't know how well it. I don't know how well it worked. <laughs> I don't know how well it worked. It was working out for us per se but maybe like people that were a little bit older than us maybe that's why they tuned in i'm not sure but it wasn't that yeah. big of a deal to me even even at the even I, at the time my friends i mean would would talk yeah, about but it. even at the but time like, yeah, even was... at the time of sable with the handprint on her titties like it was yeah. a big deal in wrestling like everybody was so shocked but i wasn't like i wasn't like oh god i gotta watch that i gotta go out of my way to go see what they're talking about even though i was watching it live with the red button on the black box but uh it was nothing that I was, like, talking about the next day. Oh, did you see Sable? Like, no, I was talking about Austin. I was talking about The Rock. I was talking about Undertaker. I was talking about Kane. I was talking about Mankind. You know, shit like that. What I went fucking nuts about was the Hell in a Cell match with Mankind and Undertaker. That's when I fucking lost my mind. I didn't lose my mind because Sable disrobed and had handprints on her titties and then got DQ'd because it really wasn't an actual swimsuit. I don't give a fuck <laughs> about that. That was never what I was talking about the next day. I was talking about, hey, did you see fucking Mankind get thrown off the fucking hell in a cell? That was crazy yeah. as shit. That's what I want to talk about. Yeah, I was so, I mean, it was same, even even people that are the same ages can have different uh, things that they tune in a show for. So I think a lot of the reason the Attitude Era was, is looked at in high regards is also that reason. And the same reason that AEW said that they were going to cater to all people, that AEW is for everybody. We're a variety show. We're going to have a little bit of everything. And I think that's the only thing that they have in common with the Attitude Era. Because the Attitude Era tried to have something for everyone. They had they had pee and poop uh, humor. They had pee-pee-poo-poo yeah, humor. They had uh, sexual themes. They had cursing. They had blood. They had... Hardcore matches, they had real good wrestling on occasion with, like, you know, your Angles and your Jerichos and your Benoits and hey, shit like that. Guess, guess, guess who else is doing that right yeah, now? Yeah, exactly. Exactly! Guess. That's the only thing AEW yep. has in common with WWE Attitude Era at all, is they just yep. want to It's yeah, a variety of, cater to it's a It's a variety show. People, yes. It's literally exactly. a variety show. Correct, correct. So when people are talking about, um, you know, they got too many tag teams, well, okay, they got too many tag teams, but you look at WWE and you bitch how terrible their tag team division is or how they don't take right. their tag team division seriously. Okay, AEW accentuates those points, and you still bitch about it. I don't understand that. Women. Women don't get people. enough time. Women don't get enough time. Did you see that fucking thing that came out yesterday or today about the women on SmackDown? No. Oh, my God. Okay, so it's the same thing that I've been saying, but somebody actually broke it down. I said for many months on this fucking show when people were started bitching about how AEW is treating their women's division now, how they only have one match a show. And what did I say? I say they give people, they give their women more time in that fucking singular match than SmackDown does for the entire show. Let me tell you what fucking just happened. Someone literally went back and broke down all the AEW women's matches versus all the SmackDown women's matches. Okay, one show versus one show. They had the one Sheeta fucking match that went 16 fucking minutes. 
That was more time than all the SmackDown women matches combined for a fucking month. So don't tell me that WWE treats their women better than fucking AEW does. I mean, even the even the match uh, Friday on SmackDown, the goddamn Tamina Nia Jax one. Like, not only was it just not a good match. Yeah, it was like, like exactly. So do you want AEW just to throw women in there just like, to throw them in there? Hey, here's a three minute match, moves. but goddamn, the WWE fanboys are gonna be happy because you we just gave you a three minute fucking DQ match. No, that's fucking stupid. That's not what I want to see. I want to see women get fucking time. It's so dumb because you've got you, you you. It was like literally like a fucking five move match that ended with interference and a roll up, and you got Reginald out there for no reason. Like that's another thing too. Like uh, the the whole inserting men into women storylines thing is kind of strange. Like what the fuck is he doing there? Y'all can't just have a women's division without like I don't know. Uh, I it's definitely it's definitely funny to hear people com- like pretend like that's a real complaint and then not understand how fucked up the product that they're behind yeah. is in the same regard. Yeah, you're giving praise to the company that's giving their women three minute matches, DQ finishes, you know, just throwing people out there just to throw them out there. Uh, but then AW gives you a fucking title match or some fucking number one contenders match for 15 minutes. And you're bitching because there's yeah. not another women's match on the show. What? What? I would rather yeah. see one fucking 16-minute Sheeta match than three fucking five-minute matches on uh, SmackDown. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Yes, more women got got TV time. But did it do anything for them? No. It didn't do shit for either of them. None of them. Three matches that were a complete waste of time because it didn't do anything for them versus a Sheeta fucking championship match that went 15, 16 minutes. That mm-hmm. makes you believe that Sheeta is one of the best wrestlers in the world right now because of it. So, I mean, where the fuck, where the fuck are we drawing the line at if you're a WWE fanboy right now? Like, Jesus Christ, dude. Talk about wanting it both ways. Like, what the fuck? You want to talk about, hey, I challenged Tony Khan to make an all-women's show. When the fuck was the last WWE all-women's show? Evolution? Uh, Evolution. Which you had to pay for? You had to pay for it, nine ninety nine. You had to pay for it, and then they said they were going to keep let's, doing let's, it, and they've never compare. done it again. And they used how many let's legends in that? The... And yeah, they just got rid of Mickey James. So if they ever did it again, there you go. Um, the just the... okay. Let's just talk strictly about match quality. Let's compare this week's two shows. You had Tamina versus Nia Jax. And you had Ty Conti versus Sheeta. Yeah. Which one was a better match? Which one went longer? Which one showcased more women's yeah. talent? Which one actually had a fucking, like, an interesting thing happen at the end where you actually want to see what happens next? Because I don't give a fuck about the Baszler stuff at all. But I do want to see Britt Baker versus Sheeta. Yeah. yeah. Which one is sports-based and based on their records? Like, so, it's so, so fucking dumb, the complaints that these people the have. In the AEW match... Right? You had Baker, who's been on fucking fire with her promos, right? And her character work and everything else. She's finally going to get the shot, or we think she is, going to get the shot against Sheeta, right? Sheeta looks even more credible, if that was possible, than she did before that match. And Tay Conti comes out of it looking fucking better than she did when she went in the match. 
What? Who looked better in the Nia Jax fucking Tamina match with Shayna Baszler and Reginald? Who looked better coming out of that? What do you want to see on SmackDown? What are you so geared up for on the fucking next week's SmackDown? Because of that match. You had the same number of women, right? Featured. Was Natalia out, out hmm. uh, ringside with Tamina? Okay, so yeah, four sure. versus three. Kind of but like... Natalia obviously didn't get any kind of advantage out of that. Hell, I could argue that probably Natalia uh, looks the best coming out of that anyway because she wasn't really involved in anything. <laughs> the fuck, dude? <laughs> Like, yeah. no, no, man, it's not the fucking same, man. Okay, and then it, let's say you had another women's match with, like, a Carmella or a Bailey segment or whatever. You're telling me that overall those women on SmackDown from this last show look better than the three women that came out of AEW? Come on, man. No, it's not even fucking close. Like, I can't stand this fucking rhetoric between these fucking WWE fans about this shit. And they're clearly not even paying attention to what's going on. Kind of like you when you were getting upset about the the clip from Revolution. Just People just don't fucking understand the difference. And it's very frustrating because it's really not that hard to see. That's what makes it more, the most frustrating for me is it's not hard to see the difference in quality. And it's like, okay, you can have – okay, let's, let's put it out there like this. The Women's Royal Rumble, right? 30 fucking women, okay? Let's say Revolution comes back around. Revolution is Sheeta versus Britt Baker. Let's, I mean, hypothetical, right? Sheeta versus Britt Baker, Women's Battle Royal or Royal Rumble, whatever. Sheeta and Britt Baker go 25 fucking minutes, have a classic match. And the Women's Royal Rumble is, you know, pretty good, kind of like this year's was really good with the Bianca and Rhea ending or whatever. Are you still telling me that these fucking two women over here on AEW, don't come out of that better than the 30 women that you had. Yeah, you featured 30 fucking women, but does it really matter compared to the two fucking women championship match that went 25 fucking minutes? Just because you have more people on the show doesn't mean they did a better job with featuring their women's division. Yeah, and it's it's such a it's a bad metric to even. I know it's so but, dumb. Uh, it's dumb. It, dude. Are you counting backstage interviewers? <laughs> yeah, counting everybody. Yeah, fuck it. Counting everybody. <laughs> no one cares, dude. Everybody. Women announcers. I don't give a fuck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean that's I mean that's pretty much how you. Let, let's let's say Justin Roberts wasn't up there and Brandy Rhodes came back to do it for one week or whatever, right? So, so do we take that into consideration? Brandy Rhodes was shown eight times doing uh, ring announcements. Does that count? Does she look yep. better now too? Oh, they had women, they had women Should've... get more time. Let's counts for me, bro. So dumb. All right, let's uh, go to blah 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 blah. Anything on NXT you want to talk really. about? No, not really. You, um, you didn't want to talk about the uh, Dexter Loomis versus Holy Knight. Versus who? L.A. Knight. Oh, no, no. No, I don't care. And I don't care about the Dexter Loomis, Indy Hartwell shit either. That's oh, my okay. point. I was bringing that specifically well, I don't for care. women's wrestling. Yeah, I don't wrestling. care. Don't care at all. Yeah. Um, Grizzled Young Vets versus Brazongo. It was not a bad match. Yeah. 
but uh, yeah, but you asked me if I want to talk about anything from the show. That's not. I don't need to waste time on that match. No. I thought the uh, the Ever Rising Param shit was pretty bad too, but whatever. Okay, so right, let's go um, talk about moving on. fucking something that's actually happening tonight. Then, um, let's do it because this is actually probably more interesting than NXT or SmackDown was. This is going to be a good show. Mm-hmm. Um, let's go ahead and just start from the bottom. Impact's Rebellion 2021 is tonight, just in a couple hours, probably actually. Uh, we're going to do our predictions right now. Um, mm-hmm. Actually, let's take a quick break, and then we'll do them, actually. Let's do that. All right. Mm-hmm. Rebellion predictions right after this. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the MonsterCast. Straight Edge Monster and uh, Ryan Dahl here. We're going to go through the Rebellion picks uh, predictions here for Impact's Rebellion 2021 tonight. Number... Eight on the card. There's eight matches. We're, we're just going to start from the bottom here. Fire and Flavor, which is Kira Hogan and Tasha Steeles, are going against Jordan Grace and her partner, which everybody saw on Impact this week, Rachel Ellering, making her return to professional wrestling. Um, of course, she was in NXT um, before she was released last year during the first 415 uh, Black Wednesday or whatever the fuck they called it. Um, this is for the... Tag Team Impact Knockouts Championship. Um, who we got? Who do we got? Fire and Flavor or Jordan Grace and Rachel Ellering? Uh, I don't know. I, I don't. I don't watch a lot of Impact, dude. This is all you. I'm going uh, Grace and Ellering. Fire and Flavor's had it for a while now. Um, you've already you've already got um, Nevaeh's out at Impact. Um, her contract was up or whatever, so she's not a tag team with uh, Jessica Havoc anymore. Um, so you don't really have too many options with this tag team uh, for the tag team titles. So I'm thinking they're going to give it to Grace and Ellering, and I think they should. Um, next up, eight-man tag team match. You've got Chris Saban, Eddie Edwards, James Storm, and Willie Mack versus Violent by Design, which is Eric Young, Cody Diener, Joe Doring, and Rhino. Rhino? I'm going hmm. to go... Last time I saw them have a uh, Willie Mack on there, they had him pretty high up on the card. Is he just not? They just dropped the whole thing with. No, this is just a. Or... It's just a stable versus faces. Mm. Uh, I'm actually gonna go with the. Uh, I'm gonna go with the faces here. Actually, you got Chris Saban, James Storm, Eddie Edwards, and Willie Mack. Like I feel like, and then I think Cody Diener probably takes the pin. Um. Last man standing match between Trey McGill and Sammy Callahan. I am actually think I'm going to go Sammy Callahan here. i got to have a heel win somewhere, right? Also, last man standing match just kind of works with his style. Um, singles match between Matt Cardona and Brian Myers. Finally. Um, I'm going to go Cardona, I think. Yeah, I don't see any situation where they give this to him. Also, I guess it also depends on what Cardona's contract is with Impact 2. Because Myers has actually been there. Yeah, and because he does the cross stuff with uh, the AEW. Yeah. Um, next up, we got the three-way match for the Impact X Division Championship: Ace Austin versus Josh Alexander versus <clears throat> TJP. Um, Ace Austin. I'm gonna have another heel win, keep his title, just because I. There's no reason to take this title off of Ace Austin right now. Yeah. He hasn't even had it long. Um. 
Singles match for the Impact Knockouts Championship, Deanna Perrazzo defending against Tennille Dashwood. They've they've been doing really good with Perrazzo leading that division that I don't – I mean, I get – I would understand it either way. I think that they keep it on Deanna Perrazzo, though. I think they keep it on Perrazzo as well, but I wouldn't be mad if they gave it to Dashwood because I think it would help your title's history out a little bit if you had Tennille Dashwood in your title history going yeah. back. Yeah. Like, I wouldn't have a problem with that. Um, I mean, it's not worse than fucking losing it to Sue Young for a month and then getting it back. So, um, tag team match for the Impact World Tag Team Championships. The Good Brothers are looking to get their titles back away from New Japan's Finn Juice, who currently hold the titles. And I actually think that they do get them back. I do too, because because you know what's about from it. New Japan. Yeah, and, yeah, 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 yeah. You, not not only are they getting them back because of that, but they're also going to get them back because of our main event, where winner takes all match for the Impact World Championship and AEW World Championship. And I do believe in the back of my head it would be fucking a hilarious troll moment for Kenny Omega just to change his change his mind and have Rich Swan somehow pull this off, just so that everybody on Twitter who's making all these stupid bets or whatever and saying, oh, I'll follow everybody that likes this tweet if Rich Swan wins because everybody knows Rich Swan is not winning tonight. And I just think it would be a hilarious troll if somehow they changed this out and Rich Swan won. What if Rich well, no, I don't think they would do that though. I know it's impact. AEW wouldn't do it, but what do you think if they did like Rich Swan won by DQ or some bullshit like that? I think with the whole point of it being to collect the belts. Yeah. That I don't think they do that. I, yeah, I, I don't think, think I don't either. But you never know. It is impact. Um, I if they're gonna keep telling the story that they've been telling, then what makes the most sense is for Good Brothers to get their titles back, and Omega to walk away with the title too, and then they have young the Bucks, whole fucking Young Bucks. Kenny, yeah. Right, exactly. And then um, eventually whatever that that breakup down the line looks like will probably be something like them having little disagreements over which tag teams are the best and blah, 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 and eventually doing a title versus title or something like that. Who knows? Um, Kenny Omega just feels like the, the clear winner here. I, I don't, I do not see how you have Rich Swan beat him short of interference, but who would interfere on an impact pay-per-view that makes sense? By the way, impact pay-per-view, and we already know that they are working with New Japan again as well. Yuji it, Nagata. Is there anything that could happen at the end of this show where – okay, so we're, everybody already jumped the shark. You already buried the lead. Omega's winning the title, right? He's getting both titles. Is there anything that happens at the end for a cliffhanger that's going to make people want to tune in on the next Impact or that will get Twitter fucking to blow up tonight? Yes. What? Will Ospreay shows up on the video screen and challenges him to a title versus title and title and title match. Do you think that's even in the realm of Fuck possibility? No. Okay, no. then is there anything else that could happen then from New Japan? Uh, let's see, Okada. Oh, Jay White, um, maybe. Would Jay you White. Jay White, yeah, Jay yeah. White. I think Jay White would fucking make the Twitter blow up for real, just because it's Bullet Club versus Bullet Club as well. Yeah, but the problem with that is that they're both heels. Right. Who cares? Who cares, dude? Who cares? People, I mean, it would instantly turn Jay White face. It would tear. Well, here's the thing: it would be like the Hart Foundation in Canada versus U.S. The Bullet Club in Japan would become face over here, but they would still be heel in Japan, bro. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Um, 
who else? Uh, I mean, Okada obviously is the the obvious. Yeah, like, Okada. Or Ibushi now Bushi. because Ibushi doesn't have the title anymore. Right. But do you think but, that's too early in the storyline to do? Yeah, yeah okay, and it also you. just makes it seem like fucking sour grapes. Like, oh yeah, I lost the title and I'm immediately going to come and try to get Kenny's titles. It doesn't make sense for Ibushi's character. Um, I I have heard rumors that uh, Big Cass is supposed to be debuting in Impact tonight, but I don't think they do anything with that in Kenny. That wouldn't make sense. They're definitely not going to throw him right back into a fucking title picture. No what matter if, how big. Well, what if they got Enzo too, and they just like showed up after the Good Brothers won their titles back? And I'm not saying that they need to win the tag titles from the Good Brothers if they if the Good Brothers win tonight, but that would be a little feud to hold them over in Impact at least. Has Has Enzo even been yeah, doing it? Dude, Enzo was the one that fucking Big Cass saved when he came back on the indie show. Yeah, but like aside, like is he actually like training and doing real shit, or is he just well, doing he's like always a little training? One-off? Okay. I mean, yeah, I don't, I don't hate it. Um, I know that they tried to bring them into what, like Ring of yeah, Honor, Ring of Honor yeah. yeah, but Ring of Honor fucked that up by not telling their people, and then the Ring of Honor guys thought it was a shoot and started fucking right. fighting for real. Yeah. Yeah, that was Ring of Honor's fault for not telling their own fucking guys what the hell was going on. That was fucking was, stupid. They were supposed to be surprised. Um, <laughs> yeah. Was, for indie, for oh. a fucking quote unquote indie promotion, they really wanted to go hardcore with that kayfabe, though, didn't they? It reminds me of that that security guard in WWE was like blocking fucking Gronk from doing his spot. Yeah. Cause like, yeah. Cause nobody was, told him. Yeah, yeah. She was doing a good fucking job too. He's holding that man better than some of the people in the NFL did. And then um, of course, uh, okay. So your official pick for Omega Swan is Omega then. That's the fans. The fans win this one. The fans. <laughs> oh my God. Okay. So anyway, so yeah, definitely Omega. He's going to, he's just going to fucking crush him. I, I hope this is a squash match. And I, I don't say that because I... No, I don't think it'll be a squash match because it'll be the main event of a pay-per-view. I know, I know. But I just, I wish it was because that does so much for Kenny's no, character. But here's the, here's the thing. They could they could always do the whole Kenny's not taking him seriously thing. And that's and why... And taking him seriously and the match is over as fast as the goddamn uh, Sunny Kiss one. Well, kind of like him versus Matt Seidel. Yeah. I don't think they could do that. Maybe that's what that was practiced for. Was the same kind of match. I don't know. We'll see. But same, I, like, you only type. go. You only go the squash route if you have something planned to set something up. If no one's yeah. coming out, dude. If no one's coming out, you don't end the pay per view like that. That's not going to help your company at all. You got to think in terms of impact here too. I'm letting your guy get our title. We're ending it with something big, or this match mm. is going to be a fucking okay. epic. Okay. Just just to be like completely clear on this, Don Callis is a real co-executive of TNA, right? He's not as big as Scott Demore is with the company, no. But he's got enough weight to where he can make that choice, and it has, like, even if it buries the company, like... There's no the way company, Scott Demore is letting that happen. He'll be able to get back from it. No, there's no way. There's no way Scott Demore is going to let that happen. If they don't have think, something set up after that match for someone to show up on a video screen or just actually Swan come out, that happen. he would just be like, "No, I'm not fucking doing that. That's ridiculous. You're bearing there's my no whole way. Yeah, you're not squashing me, bro. I'm sorry. You're not because you're not only hurting. my character would never do that. You're not only hurt in this case. <laughs> that makes way more sense. I know he's the actual world champion of a company. Yeah. You're hurting the title. You're hurting the company. You're hurting me, and you're hurting everybody that I beat while I was champion. No, fuck no. No, it's just Omega's that good, bro. No, no, no. Nah, that's that's gonna get you some Laredo kid shit where I'm about to try to kick out of your motherfucking move. You keep fucking around. That's a Mexican thing. Come on, that wasn't. Come on, man. Don't be that guy. Don't be that guy, that's a, dude. That's literally a Mexican thing, dude. Nah. 
You see it all the time in AAA, CMLL. It's literally common. Mm-hmm. Now, would I personally have told him to maybe not fucking do that? Yes. But well, then you, run, not like then you run the risk of him kicking out for real. If you it's piss not him like off. he was trying to shit on Kenny by doing it. Yeah, it looked like it's it. It's just a common thing there. So, yeah. Well, there's only the two um, most protect, protected moves in wrestling right now, arguably, mm-hmm. are the one-winged angel and the fucking uh, end of days. End of days, yeah. I don't think That's I've it. ever seen about end of days. Which is crazy because they're not really doing anything with Baron Corbin to, to like make that worth it. But that move really is crazy protected. Yep. Well, also, it's because so of him, the, uh, too. He's, he's, he'd said in an interview that Undertaker told him to protect his move at all costs. And if he, you're going to lose, have him kick out to the fucking deep six. Yeah, not yeah. The, all the other yeah. shit, yeah. Don't don't let him kick out of the out of the end of days. If, if that's the case, then don't even do the end of days. <laughs> yep. Don't even do it around the match to even give him a fucking shot to if you're going to end or, up losing. Yeah, because the other thing is that it builds up that mystique to where somebody when somebody finally does do it, it's yeah. like a really big deal, too. Yeah. It's not just about protecting you, but it's about giving you value in a future match. Correct. Um, I uh... and also helping out someone else that you might want to put over later on. Like, let's say they build up Baron Corbin to be something big, where he's in a WrestleMania main event, and he really likes the young up and comer. By the time that he actually gets that far, um, or that they even push him that far, and maybe he really likes the guy that he's going against, and he has no problem with that guy kicking out of his move. It helps that guy. It helps the mystique of the match because no one's ever kicked out of it. Kind of like what's going on with the Kenny Omega. They mentioned it every fucking Kenny Omega match now that no right. one's ever they, kicked out of gonna it. They're going to have to start doing that with the end of days if they want to yeah. eventually do the same thing. Yeah, for sure. But I think the problem with that is as soon as Vince notices that, yeah, he's gonna he might not even it. fucking realize it. Yeah, yeah, he might not. He might not. And as soon as he hears one of the announcers say, oh, why haven't we ever had anybody kick out of that? Well, well here's the let's thing, put Domicato in there. Here's the thing. Like, with, with Corbin... He has enough of an attitude where I think he would, quote-unquote, go into business for himself. And if Vince says, that, yeah, just not fucking do it. And you want to fire me? Okay, but guess what? You never had anybody kicked out of the fucking end of days on your goddamn program, though. You can't make yeah. me do it. But then, of course, yeah. Vince is the kind of person that's petty as fuck that he'll have somebody else use the end of days as a fucking setup move or a side move or some bullshit, too. Yeah, and you know what I'd be like? It's not mine. Yeah. So give it to yeah, him. Same thing with, I'll give it to Kevin Owens. Like I yeah, did every other kind of move. Yeah. yeah. God, so, I still hate that so much. Kevin Owens, I need you to start doing the end of days, brother, and uh, set it up for the stunner. <laughs> it's not even like the pop-up powerbomb is Bad. harsh no, no. on him because ever somebody else is doing all the jumping on that. Yes, everything. All he has to do is I mean, literally a, just go a bit down of down lifting, obviously. Just drop him. Yeah, hold him for a split crazy. second. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't get that one. All right. So um, we got Kenny Omega winning. Yeah, Kenny Omega winning and uh, predictions on anything happening afterward, or you think they just close out the show with I Kenny? Hope, dude, okay, so here's the thing. you got two options, and either one of those I'm fine with. If it doesn't happen, I'm going to be pissed. you got a really good match between Omega and Swan, and Omega wins, and then you end it with him holding all the titles, all three, if he comes out with the Triple uh, R title as well, right? And you have good brothers out there with their tag titles, and if you got Young Bucks out there with their titles, and everybody's just in the ring, that's fine. I'm cool with that finish if the match is good. If it's a squash match... You better, or, you know, not technically a squash, but, you know, one-sided, even. We, I don't think it'll be a squash, but I do believe that it could be a, you know, Matt Seidel-type match or whatever. If it's something like that, um, then you better not have somebody. Yeah, not competitive or as competitive as we would like for a pay-per-view main event world title match to be double title match. Um, 
if you don't have somebody fucking come out, dude, it is going to be you're going to get roasted on Twitter basically if it if it happens I... like that. Honestly, would be fine with it just because I know it would piss people off, and that's the whole point of his character right now. So it doesn't help impact in in the it short term because no can, one's going to be like, "Oh, let me get this impact pay per view." After what happened with the last one, yeah, it's not going to happen, dude. Mm. You're trying you're trying mm. to get more buy rates for the next one, not this one. You're always trying to think ahead. You're trying to get who cares about the buy rates tonight? The buy rates tonight are already pre- pretty much sealed and sealed. You're trying to get more buy rates for the next pay per view. That's yeah, what you're wanting. Put want. Kenny on the next one too. Against somebody who's less likely to lose like that. Yeah. Okay. And you know how you do that? By having someone come out after the match. Who? I don't know. Sting. <laughs> you fucking go ahead and sleep on Sting, dude. I would watch a Sting versus Kenny Omega match. And Sting <laughs> actually be... has impact history there, so I think it would be cool. Yeah, that, I know. I wasn't. That wasn't entirely sarcastic. Um, let's see. The thing is, it just doesn't make sense to have an AEW guy come out. No, I agree. I agree. It would so have to be, have to be an Impact guy or, or a New Japan, Japan guy. guy. Yes, exactly. I agree. Yeah. And I just don't see anybody, including Rich Swan in Impact, that would I would care about Kenny Omega fighting. It would have to be a New Japan guy. Yeah, I mean that's that's kind of the that's the no knock. Part of that's really no knock on the roster of Impact. Is just they don't build their guys up like they just built up Kenny Omega or like New Japan builds up their guys. So yeah. it's they're not. Yeah, they're not bad wrestlers. Yeah. They just don't have the story backing to make them credible, yep, really, correct. against somebody that has the story backing that Omega does. Um, yeah, I mean, it would. It's not like I would hate if like Hangman came out or something like that. It's obviously too early to react to it, but it's not like I would hate that. It's just that it. I. As much as I like the crossover stuff, I'm not watching. Impact to see AEW. an AEW storyline unfold. I want to see something separate from, but also including the same narrative, but different that I can only see on that product. So yeah, I mean, it's I would assume it's a New Japan guy since they seem to have the the working relationship with New Japan more than uh more than AEW does. Yeah, right now for sure. Yes, I agree. Um, yes, yeah, the Kenta thing was like they had to do it. This is the only way to get Moxley to defend you know, the title. To, well, not that, but just like build, have any sort of build to the title. Um, whereas Finjuice, it was like, yeah, we don't have to send them over, but yeah, if you want to give them our titles for a month or two and then have them drop them back, like, cool. Like, they're not doing anything. Yeah, f- fucking Finn was probably like, yeah, I'll go over there. I bet you will, fucking since Tony Storm's over there in Florida, too. Yeah. Hell yeah, I'd, yeah. I'll enjoy the vacation and get to see my girl. Fuck yeah. Finn just trying to go to Florida to get pitches. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, uh,. I hope they do something cool with it. I, I, it very well could just end the, you know, kind of like you were talking about. They're all holding up their titles and fucking no, in the middle of the ring. That's probably what's going to end up happening. It's, Doing the Ultimo Dragon match. thing. It'll probably be a decent match in there. All just come out with their titles. I think that's what's going to happen. You know what? You know what would be kind of funny is if the uh, Kenny Omega is holding like his three titles, right? And then he's like telling the other tag teams to give him. His titles, their titles too. Just so it looks so like he has those on yeah. too. Yeah, and they're just looking at him like he's like, "Hey, man, this is going a little bit far." Give me your titles. <laughs> well, Give me your titles. Titles. Ultimo <laughs> Dragon comes out after the at the <laughs> yep. end. At the end, baby, that's how you end the show. That's how you end the fucking show. Yeah, or Yuji Nagata. So uh, for real though, Yuji Nagata on Twitter apparently had said something to Lance Archer about seeing him soon. So um, there is some speculation that uh. He's either coming over for New Japan Strong and might just be in the in the area. Because of the Moxley shit. Right. He's supposed to fight Moxley, yeah. Right. 
So he might he might be coming overseas to do some stuff. We'll see. Interesting. I mean, he, at his age, he's probably already vaccinated, so he's probably good to go. We'll see. We'll see. I hope everybody enjoys the show tonight for sure. Um, yep. And we will guys, we'll we'll talk to you guys next week, of course, about it, everything, and I'll probably be tweeting about it. I'm sure Ryan will be texting me because I'll be at work tonight. Obviously, I won't get to watch it till the morning, but we'll see. If anything crazy happens, you can tell me. I mean, it's just impacting. No big deal. Or you know, do the typical Ryan text and be like, "Oh, dude, I'm not gonna spoil it, but you need to watch it as soon as you get home." Okay. All right. Got you, bro. Yep. Got you. But uh, yeah, we'll see what happens, man. Tonight should be interesting. Uh, the Forbidden Door cracks a little bit more and more open with every AW Impact and New Japan show. Hope you guys enjoy it. Hope you guys have a good week. And thank you for listening to the Monster Cast. <laughs>